what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to doers, creators, artists, entrepreneurs, CEOs, innovators, all of you in and around the world that are in your vibe, you're on your thing, you're doing things outside the box, you're probably drawing way outside the lines, probably told even maybe that you are crazy. Um, It happens. And uh, all the guests that I bring on each week will make you feel a lot less lonely in the process because they too are doing everything outside of the lines, uh, outside of the system, figuring it out along the way. And whether it's their first venture, their third venture, their 50th venture, they're sharing with you a lot of what they're realizing as ongoing themes in their life that have um, helped them progress in their vision or in anything that they're trying to build. And you guys know, I always say I don't glamorize or glorify in success. It's not overnight. And, and success really, like, what is that? Success is different for every single person. Um, and it's important for all of you guys that are listening to also understand that, like, what's successful to you is not always successful to somebody else. It's really what resonates with your soul and why you're doing what you're doing in the first place, right? And then that has any number of, quote unquote, metrics for you. And so each week, as I bring these people on, I'm very fortunate that they share the vulnerable sides of the story, but also, like, some really great lessons they're learning in a way that they can also pass down to you guys. Uh, I've had many of you uh, been listening for quite a while, but for those of you that are a bit newer, I appreciate you joining in. I'm Matt Gottesman, and I founded this a few years back. You can follow along on my journey at Matt Gottesman on Instagram. Uh, Several different ventures going on over there, and you can feel free to reach out in any one of them. And of course, you can join in on the conversation at the intersection of culture, creativity, and entrepreneurship on HDF Magazine on Instagram. And you can also follow at Hustle Sold Separately on Instagram as well, too. You guys know I answer each and every DM, text, you name it. At least I do my best to. I appreciate all of you guys along the journey. We've got another just killer show today. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I got them here in the studio, Jay McFall and Jessica Wenger. They're co-founders of Naked Rebellion. We're going to talk about that um, as well as some of their other businesses, their backgrounds uh, in fashion and uh, TV and everything in between. Um, but the theme we're going to be focusing on is, you know, creating a business around an innate market need. And then, of course, doing it with your spouse. So these two are also married and have um, had separate businesses. Now they've got a business together. Um, and, you know, this idea of a lot of times, well, not a lot of times, but often you see where people say, you know, I want to do this brand or I want to do this product. Um, and if it's not necessarily fulfilling a market need, just something that just seems sexy or flashy or whatever it might be. Well, you know, it may not be driven by mission, but it's much different when you encounter a problem in the market with people, you validate that problem in the market with with people or potential customers, and then you form a business around it. Uh, then it just becomes a kind of a snowball effect because you know you're solving something that a lot of people are dealing with. And that's also where you find success. Of course... In that process, though, you have to build a lot of systems and processes and you have to learn about, you know, having the right team members around you. And these two actually work together. So I'm sure they learn a lot about each other in the process. <laughs> They're laughing as I actually say it. Let me just cue them up real quick just so you know. So uh, from Jessica's side, uh, she got her start in making costumes for a small youth theater in Arizona when she was 16. A few years later, she moved to L.A. to attend fashion school and has been working steadily in film and TV ever since. 
starting out as an assistant costume designer, she quickly progressed to costume designer uh, for films and TV. You, so you've probably seen a lot of her work out there. Projects have taken her to Seattle, New Orleans, New Mexico, Texas, and Washington, D.C. Uh, she loves the collaboration side of the business and bringing characters to life. She believes working with a creative team of people to bring an individual voice to each and every storyline is the best part of their business. Um, and so she's one founder. She's the co-founder of Naked Rebellion along with Jay. Jay started Haywood and Ringo. Uh, Gringo, actually, that's it's funny. It's, it's listed here differently. But uh, there's a funny story behind the name, which I'll let him tell because that was hysterical when I heard it. But he started Haywood and Gringo around three years ago because uh, as a newly married couple – they load the rental tuck suit process most people go through trying to find the right look for their wedding. And you probably hear this all the time. Um, and as a Hollywood costume designer, Jess was convinced they could find custom suit options at lower price points from contacts she made in the TV and film world. So you can already see how the two brains work together collaboratively. And then after their wedding, coupled with the fact that Jay was looking to get out of the <laughs> volatile nature of working as a screenwriter producer, they formally said, let's explore this idea and create a, non a mom and pop business. And they have ever since. After launching the business out of uh, their house in Baltimore in 2015, they uh, they relocated there, by the way, when uh, Jess got hired as a costume designer for a little show on Netflix called House of Cards. Maybe you guys have heard of it, uh, right? They moved back uh, to Jess's hometown of Phoenix to raise their kids and hopefully grow Haywood and Gringo. Um, they uh, 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 found out that Fabric Tempe, uh, which uh, for many of you that may not know, is just a massive... Um, uh, fashion incubator here in Tempe, Arizona, offers a designer in residence scholarship for emerging brands. Uh, they applied and won and now have opened an office in Fabric Building. Uh, their time at Fabric is where they finally have the tools and support to create their new business, Naked Rebellion, which is also why we're here. And Naked Rebellion is a nude shade lingerie for every woman on the planet. Um, I say that they're probably some of the revolutionary players uh, in that market. Um, while there are other emerging players, uh, Jess already knows how I feel about this. Um, you know, this is something that they've been working on for a while and have a significant background in. So we're going to talk a lot about, you know, filling that, that market need and how that came about. Thank you both for being here, by the way. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. I appreciate having you guys in the studio. Um, the first question is always the same. It's how did we get here? Basically, you know, I got to hear your story when we all met up, uh, for a happy hour one day, which I thought was pretty cool. And whichever one of you want to go first. Um, but, uh, I, I like the, the fact that you guys have two very unique backgrounds, but also very synergistic backgrounds as well, too, that can play well together, which will probably lead up into the later parts that we talk about. But, um, do you want to go first, Jess? Is that? Sure. It, we, we met on set actually on a, on a film we were working on and it was a, a small indie film, um, that actually was starring some big actors in it. And it was, that film became just like a little family and it, we're kind of lucky to have met in that scenario because film doesn't necessarily promote such kind interactions and that one really did and that gotcha. that film we ended up going to Sundance with it and it just being like this really fun like memorable experience and it's it's interesting that that is you know what is that 11 years ago how we met yeah but you're leaving out an important detail oh. the, uh, <laughs> the the, the that the shoot for that film was like four months, and I'd say the first three months we kind of hated each other. Yeah, for sure. Oh, interesting. For sure. Yeah, interesting. There's a fine line, right, between both emotions, like of really loving someone and really hating someone. And right. We, Absolutely. We no. straddled that very from from the beginning. How did, <laughs> hate is a strong word. Yeah. Isn't it? Right. How did you, How did you end up there? What? So start at um. You so you went to school for fashion design. Yeah. When I was, I grew up in Arizona, and when I 
kind of growing up, I was like, I just got to get out of here. Right. The oldest building is built in 1970. Like, I just, I need some roots. I need some history and, um, you know, be a part of something bigger. And uh, so then we, I, you know, I actually went to Arizona State first, which is a great school, but it kind of felt like 13th grade for me. And uh, I had to convince my parents that I needed to leave. And without telling anybody, I applied to fashion school, got accepted, got scholarships and was like, Hey guys, by the way, I'm moving out of the dorm today and moving to Los Angeles next week. Wow. And it didn't go over very well, but uh, they kind of knew like, yeah, she's pretty driven. We're going to let her go. So I did that. I went to fashion school. I went to fit them in Los Angeles and Good school. it was great. And I, I learned a ton and it's funny now, like looking back, I realize I learned a ton when you're in it, you're kind of like, what am I learning? How is this mm. going to be applicable? But clearly it, it was two, two brands later. Here we go. But, um, yeah, it was in- interesting. And then I just, I lived in LA and I just is the grind. I mean the hustle really. Right. And I said yes to every single opportunity. I worked for free, worked my way up and just kept meeting people and meeting people and, they keep hiring you, luckily, if you do a good job. And I just kept kept going on from there. And that's work for free. Yeah. Many, many well, and, and, and how did and how did the, the TV and film route um, come into play and then costume design and, and all that? I have my, my story is very, very bizarre and is not Perfect. some like it's <laughs> not some like, hey, this is how you do it, because it's not. Right. And so I went to fashion school and as I was graduating, I was like, I kind of I I, I when I was my uh, final semester there, I had an internship at a brand called Miss Sixty. I don't even know if they're around anymore. But I was my I was working in the store to make money and then I was interning in their celebrity relations showroom and i was mm. like wait this is a th- real job where people are getting paid to dress celebrities like what do you mean this is this exists and i was like in charge of sending jeans to ashley and jessica simpson or whatever i mean i guess right. that there's my age for you right there right. i should tell you when i was in school and they were popular but um yeah they it, it was interesting so i was like oh, okay I, I can do this and and uh I kind of was like, all right, how, what's the best way to do that? And back then Craigslist wasn't creepy. That was actually a way to get jobs, which is really bizarre now. And I just was at home randomly one night scrolling the jobs and someone had just posted looking for an assistant for costumes for a movie. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. Randomly applied. I was the first person to email her. It was just like perfect timing. Mm, Divine timing. Total divine timing. And so she didn't really know what she was doing. She was dating the director. And so it was kind of this like, hey, we'll just figure it out as we go together. So did this movie that was super low budget, very unorganized. But the director actually had some money behind it. And they, he did get some good people in place to work on the film. The film then, the pe- the people that he had hired were already union. So they told the union that they were working on this non-union movie the union showed up and made everybody stop working and picketed the show and made it flip to union. So I got all of my union hours and I got to get into the union officially on this movie, literally knowing nothing, knowing nobody. Like it was, it's bizarre that it happens that way. It, getting into the union is a very, very hard thing. It's a catch 22. So you have to like, you have to have union days to get in the union, but you can't work union unless you're our union. So it's like this weird mm. thing that you can't really ever get into unless you know some people. So very, very luckily got in around, at, I think I was 19 years old. I mean, wow. that's crazy. No coincidences. Yeah, right? I mean, mm. that's how it has to be. So I just kept hustling. And I was like, I don't, I don't know any other costume designers. How am I going to get hired? How am I going to keep working? I would just blind email people mm. and say yes and work for free a lot, like we had said, and just kind of kept kept grinding. And tr- being the once someone randomly, uh, I kind of even forget who it was, but one of those first jobs was like, 
whatever you do, just be really nice to every person that works with you. Because mm-hmm. if if they're a PA and they're getting coffee or they're the director, at one day that PA getting coffee is a director. Yep. That is this industry. So whatever you do, your reputation is all you have to stand on. So you have to be nice to every single person that's on this set, no matter what they're doing. And thank God someone like really ingrained that into me. And I have always been that way. Like, I don't care if you are getting PA, getting coffee or if you're opening boxes or if you're doing returns, like every bit of that is important and very vital to getting the show off the ground. So thank you for your, for your time. And, uh, you know, so I feel like that having that attitude going forward, people wanted to keep hiring me because I wasn't some like. You weren't difficult. (laughs) You were friendly. You were good at what you did. You had quality and you were fun to work with. Yeah. I tried really hard to be that way and to, and to listen and to just be really kind. So I was lucky enough to just keep working and working and people that, you know, y'all kind of get grow together and uh, what, what's the phrase I would say? A rising tide lifts all ships. Yep. So like, Amen. and you know, when you're in this like group of people that are all just grinding together, you do get there. And so that's kind of what happened. And the people that I worked with started working on bigger shows and bigger shows and it started working. Uh, I met the lovely, incredible designers for Dancing with the Stars mm. and um, got got to work on that show, which was the most fun show ever. I know that it's like everyone's grandma's favorite show to watch, but working <laughs> on it is so fun. It's a live show. It's everything is custom made in four days. Like mm. there's nothing like it. It's like a true variety show, like back to what TV used to be. Yeah. And it was the most fun job ever. And then in the middle of working on that, we happened to get married. And uh, right after that, I got offered to be an ass- assistant costume designer on House of Cards. So we were like, all right, we're going to Baltimore. We thought we'd be there for a year and ended up being there for almost five. And then wow. I got bumped up to costume design and it was just an incredible, incredible ride. Mm. I See, I, that's the part I wanted everybody to to hear so they can see the progression. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then yeah. like, versus like, oh, she's got two fashion brands. Oh, <laughs> how lovely. Like, no, no backstory. No, no. no, no. <laughs> no there's but, a ton. And, and, and so I think that's fantastic. And now I want to hear Jay go all in because I also thought it was funny because of his background and how uh, not necessarily fashion, mm-hmm. but from a screenwriter's perspective and you're, you know, working on costume design and TV and film. So inevitably how that's going to crisscross which it did which you guys already said at the top of the hour yeah. <laughs> yeah. but but just but and and how you described that industry and you going from screenwriting and then into fashion i think it's it's, it's cool like you have no idea how cool i actually really think it is but <laughs> you will come to know over the time of our relationship so yeah but your background go go for it like yeah you, yeah a, a short version i grew up in a tiny town in north carolina uh called rayford north carolina mm-hmm. Three thousand people 3500 wow. i think wow. now. um we're famous for like turkey turkey houses and tobacco and tobacco <laughs> industry is dead now so it's just turkeys uh yeah i uh, went to unc chapel hill uh got exposed to so many different things that i'd never been exposed to uh and just was really into writing i, I really loved literature thought I'd, I'd i'd go the lawyer route uh ended up not because i, I had a couple of friends that moved to to la and and just kind of crushed it early on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, wow, guys that grew up next next door to me made it. So uh, they were like, okay, you're a good writer. You know, we, if you're going to do this, you got to do it. So I started small. I started on a, a NBC show as an assistant in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, which is kind of like a small film market. Um, and and then my, my buddy was like, if you're going to do this, you got to move to LA. So I did. Um, I got my, my first kind of big writing gig on a show 
I was moving to LA and a day after I moved to LA, this was 2007, a major writer strike happened. Mm -hmm. So, uh, <laughs> of, course. of course, yeah, of course it was just irony, uh, all over the place. Uh, so crazy. I had no other gigs for like, uh, uh lined up. Uh, then, uh, I, I lived in my car for like a week, which I, my mom doesn't know. She's probably not going to like to hear. <laughs> will she hear this episode? She probably will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, she, mom. she loves hey, mom. Hey, mom, that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, industry picked back up. I, I started working as an assistant, a, a, a production assistant, like everybody does. Uh, got on a film that Jess referenced earlier, uh, an assistant to the director. Uh, like I said, we, that, that shoot was four months. Uh, first three months, we, Jess and I did not like each other. And it's so ironic that we ended up marrying. Yeah, yeah very. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what did you like? What didn't you like? And then how did that change? Well, you, you know, a lot of jobs on film sets are, the way it's set up, it's pretty adversarial. Mm. Oh, yeah, um, it seems like it would be high stress. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my boss and her boss, although they got along, there's a lot of uh, uh, battling as far as creative choices. Yeah. There's so many cooks in the kitchen, right? Mm. Yeah. So a lot of times we were, the assistants are sent to meet with the other assistant and say, okay, this isn't going to work. And anyway, I, I, I just didn't. We didn't vibe. <laughs> he, had, he had just moved to LA from North Carolina and it, it, nothing against North Carolina whatsoever. I love North Carolina, but he talked very slow and we had like five minutes to get stuff done. So I'd be like, hey, yes or no on this answer. And he'd give me like a very long winded answer. And I'd be like, no, no, no. Yes or no. Like we just got it. We, come on. Cut to the chase. It's just like I just got to run. And so I think that he was like, geez, she is short and kind of bitchy. And I was like, God, he's so slow. Come on. We got to get we got to move with it. So I think well, my just our personality style. And my and whole thing was you were not in charge, but you thought you were in charge. And I just wanted to constantly every day be like, you are not in charge. But, <laughs> but, 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 I, but ironically, I, and this is just maybe me thinking for, as a, from a man's perspective, learning um, to make decisions faster. Because I have learned from influential people, which has included women in my life, to make decisions very clearly, effectively, Absolutely. and fast were defensive in the beginning because you're like, that's not how I'm going to be talked to. And then you're like, ah, oh, shit. Like, you know what? You might be right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Which is probably where, you absolutely. know, looking back, you go, oh, yeah, you were helping me, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank, thank you so much. Oh, yeah, look at that. This is like right? therapy in here for us. Right. It, believe me, the show is therapy for most people, including myself. So. Perfect. So, yeah. so, you're, so you're on the show. And then so uh, when did that change when you guys were became cool? Um, it was like literally the last month of shooting, month yeah. four. Uh, we all of a sudden just kind of like became friends, and yeah. we were friends for like weeks before we we kind of went on that first date. That's cool. Um, and yeah, we went on that first date, and that's where the name of our uh, our first company, Haywood and Ringo, yeah. came from. Which you said Haywood and Gringo, which I think is way better. <laughs> no, but the, I, for some reason, I, for some reason, I. I thought on one of the um, the other things that I saw, it was Gringo, like Gringo, because I remember, we'll tell everybody the, the story about the song and how, um, I mean, it's nowhere near the real words of the song. <laughs> right. But, but shoot, tell, tell everybody but that. But no, but yeah, I, I will. But seriously, I think Haywood and Gringo would. <laughs> Gringo would be. Crush it. I know. Crush <laughs> it. Social media wise. <laughs> uh, we, got, we got to think about that. But do you want credit for that? Yeah, not at all. Okay, not at all. Okay. You can go trademark it. It's all <laughs> right, yours. Right. In fact, now you got a timestamp of when it happens. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, so I think, and, and Jess can, can 
can come in on this too. Uh, we were going on our first date. We yes. were living in Hollywood. We yes. had up like $5 in our account. <laughs> we went to go see Batman Begins, I think. The no. first Christian Bale. Or Returns. Yeah. Or was, or Returns. Yeah. He whispers a lot. Yeah. yeah. The first yeah. I am Batman. That, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, we're on the we're on the the way driving to that, and uh, one of the, one of the most famous songs of all time, Haywood and Ringo. No, that's not the name of the song. I mean, uh, shit. <laughs> uh, brown eyed girl. Brown eyed girl. Brown eyed girl. Brown eyed girl. Van Morrison. Sing, sing yeah, the So so the Van song Morrison. starts with. Hey, where did we go? Days when the rains came. Like, yes. That's lyric one. And J- Jay is driving in the car and he's like, hey, Wood and Ringo. And I'm like, <laughs> what did you just say? He's yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, it's a song about it's two, the words. It's a song about two guys, Haywood and Ringo. And they're like, two guys. They're they doing. Go, they go, I'm like, they nope, not the names, not the, not the lyrics whatsoever, dude. Uh, and I was like, that's hilarious. I'm going to make fun of you forever. And I'm definitely naming my, my first company that. And he was like, okay, girl. Like, <laughs> whatever. Kind of rude. Yeah. Then we did. That was <laughs> what you did. That was like 2008. Yeah. That yeah. sounds that was it. When did you make that? Uh, and so my apologies for for mixing in between Gringo and Ringo. Both would both are successful in my opinion. <laughs> uh, but um, when did you make that switch um, from? You know, talk about that. Like you stayed on TV and film for a little while. Yeah. And then eventually you're like, Nah, I think I'm done with this. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, probably the first real big break. I, preceding my first kind of break, uh, I had. I, I'd partnered with a, a, a pretty big time producer and we had developed shows for uh, CMT. Uh, he had a deal at Lionsgate at the time. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were doing a lot of development stuff along that time. Uh, a, a friend of mine who was developing a movie had some really big names attached to it. Uh, anyway, long story short, uh, he was like, we're shooting in North Carolina where I'm from. And I knew the whole film community. Uh, would you, would you like to come on and, 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 get this going uh i was like yeah we did we really want to do this uh was on that film for like six months um it was super tumultuous and the the group of guys that i was with we butted heads with them constantly and finally they fired us off of the show Mm. uh so i was like okay that's that's totally fine happens in hollywood every day uh but i need to get paid where's my money and they were like uh no see ya so anyway i had to I had to sue them mm. and uh it was my first taste of like litigation uh of of really having to to hire a lawyer uh so that that was a really painful process my deposition for that was like 16 hours long no breaks That's um crazy. That's crazy. i in we ended up settling i got my money uh went back to hollywood and was talking to to to, to guys that were like my mentors i was like dude this really freaking sucks and he was like that's the business. That's independent film. Uh, so I was like, "This sucks," you know. Yeah. I and 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 number one, it, I I really saw the need after that. I was like, "I've got to learn how to partner with the right people." Yes, I've got to find somebody, somebody that I trust in business. Cut to, uh, Jess gets offered, uh, right around the same time, gets offered the job on House of Cards in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, it was almost like fortuitous for me because I was like, okay, this is like a, this, I want to get out of this town and see if I really want to come back to this. I'd had mm. a really bad taste in my mouth. Uh, the same time, at the same time when we're, we're moving to Baltimore, she takes the gig on uh, House of Cards. We're getting married. But we just got married, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. a month before. Yeah, we like to, just got married. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then, uh, 
and this is where we, we kind of dive into the, the Haywood and Ringo of <laughs> the whole business side mm-hmm. of how did we come up with this? And you're way better at that than I, than I am. Uh, yeah, well, you really wanted this particular look. You wanted a white tuxedo jacket with a white satin lapel. We were getting married in March, mm-hmm. so we were planning a, like in wintertime. And, you know, we went like the traditional route where you would go right. to a big box store and you figure out the rental situation. And uh, they couldn't like they just they were like, no, you can't have that. He was like, no, but that's what I want for my wedding. And they're like, sorry, we don't we can't do that. So it kind of was like this roadblock. And I'm not a I'm, I don't take no's ever really. So I was like, no, that's not like that's not an answer. I'm from a film world. Like if someone wants it, you figure out how to get it. So I was like, I think I can do this. I think I know enough people. And so found the jacket and then got accustomed and then did everybody in our wedding and was great. And we were kind of like, oh, good job. You're a costume designer. Way to go. And then people that were in our wedding were like, hey, will you do our wedding? So I was like, yeah, that's no, no problem. We'll do your wedding. And then our cousins were like, hey, will you do our wedding? So we were like, oh, shit, we have, I think we have a business here. Mm. And we we're kind of like, do we keep doing this? So let's figure it out. We go to my cousin's wedding that we had just you know, did all the suits for. And my, my whole family sat us down and we're like, if you guys don't do this, you're stupid. You have to do this. Mm. People are wanting it. People are asking you to do this. So we were like, okay, well, it doesn't exist. So I guess we can. Let's just start doing this. So Yeah, and that's when, okay, so, we're yeah, moving to Baltimore. Yeah. Jess has this big gig. Jay, you're not going to do Hollywood anymore. What the hell are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, so it, it kind of coalesced like really fast. And, and it was like, okay, let's try this as a business. What do we do? Yeah. Uh, you, somebody told us we should get a Shopify site an account and we were like what's shopify <laughs> uh, like, how do you do that what do we welcome to the journey yeah, yeah. Like, we knew some people that did some graphics hey will you help us with our logo you yeah. know it was just kind of like a throw it together as you go and that's we that that brand was just us there was no capital involved investment it was just us kind of figuring it out as we went and beautiful you know five years later we have this like you know blossoming little brand it's it's been an awesome journey and so we're, I'm now looking at it. I'm so thankful because we've learned so many things what not to do for this next company that's been able to like help us thrust that a lot faster. But it would a cool way for us to also learn how to work together and for him to have a little like intro into the clothing business because it is yeah. such a bizarre world. Because like you said, I I, I knew I, I I liked clothes fine. I I read Vanity Fair and read their fashion articles. But uh, had no aspirations to go into it, uh, and actually just loved kind of living through Jessica and 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 seeing seeing how all that works, but not having to be a part of it. Um, and then you know all that stuff kind of coalesced, and we launched that company, and somebody's got to run it. And ended up having to be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jess is doing sixteen-hour days, uh, and I, I, I will say this: being in Baltimore was really great. In that we thought we were going to be a strictly online company uh, as far as our model, but uh, we lived in the middle of Baltimore. We were able to meet our neighbors and tell them what we did. And they were like, oh, well, I've got a friend that works at Johns Hopkins or, 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 or Under Armour. Mm-hmm. Uh, word spread really fast. Mm-hmm. And we learned uh, that your local market is like the greatest. It's true. Mm-hmm. Greatest place to start. Yeah. Right? yeah. Everybody has these when you have one sale, you're like, okay, I'm going to be fucking huge, you know, <laughs> yeah. at least we were. Yeah. Um, but the, the local market we were able to develop and yeah. learn and know our customer and refine. And yeah. Which was totally the best lesson for Hey When Ringo. Cause we were kind of like, Oh, we can be that. We can be 
all things to all people, you know, and that's how, literally how we started. We're online and you can, we'll show you how to do your measurements and you can do it at home and send it to us. Uh, no, there's a huge margin for error when that happens. Right. So Super it, high. yeah. So we, so, you know, we got to learn our lesson, like kind of handed to us, like, no, you guys need to slow it down and do what you, do what you're good at, which is this face to face and let people trust you because you did it for your wedding. And that is your story. And people want a story. And we know we kind of learned branding through it. We learned how to talk to your customer. And it just is like invaluable lessons that entrepreneurs need to learn. We just kind of like figured it out together. And what a cool thing to do it with your spouse because you fail, you fail together, you grow, you grow together. And you like, we already, he's seen me at my worst. I've seen him at his worst. So we like, there was none of that like, like partnership BS because it was just like, we were already all in. So we got to just like, and we had been together six years before that. It it might've been totally different if we got together immediately and said, you know what? We've got these ideas for a business. Right. Right. We knew each other very well. Yeah, Which so I highly you, recommend. So you knew how to to manage between the strengths and weaknesses, and where one person's job stops, the other starts, and so yeah. forth. Right. By the way, I I think it was it was interesting what you're saying. Like you know, you you didn't you don't expect to go into something like that into into the fashion, um, but you know, there's an interest there. There's Absolutely. A, you know, it, it's funny because I the, uh, I look at this similarly. Like I I've got such an interest only because I've always <laughs> I've always ended up having to create my own shit. Because right. I couldn't either find a sizing or uh, something that I was looking for that would fit my style. Mm-hmm. And what do you do with that? And then right. after a while, it's like, you know, and then I've realized that there's a, a bigger rabbit hole to go when the time is right, which you, I already mentioned you two are the, the people, the go-tos there. But but I get it. Like, there's that – I think that that happens often. And then you couple that with, oh, now I'm also solving a problem. And it's funny how real quickly – once you solve a problem for yourself and it becomes noticeable to other people like it did in your local market mm-hmm. or with family, how boom, 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 boom. And then it becomes, oh, shit, I'm in, right in the middle of the business without mm-hmm. even knowing it. And then, and then what's also cool, and I like that you brought this out, is that you're right. All entrepreneurs need that. Like the, the worry of being this over – like I'm going to have millions of customers and this and that. It's like actually, quite frankly, to me, it's quite overwhelming. You're ready to fulfill – a hundred, like even yeah. ten thousand orders. With it's a, still overwhelming, right? I, well, and when I hear when people, I say like, they, I was like, okay, you want ten thousand customers? Like, I'd love ten thousand customers. I'm like, let's just say conservatively, you have a three percent return rate. Like, you ready to handle three hundred returns? They're like, oh, right. <laughs> and I'm like, no, yeah, it's really scary. You, you know what I mean? I was like, big, so yeah. there's, there's, I was like, let's let, yeah, we look at the dollars and the sales, but there's the processes in the middle. There's the refinement of how we deliver quality there's you know having the interaction with the customer so you're absolutely right like doing that learning so much from the customers especially in a local market teach you a lot about well where can we scale certain aspects of the business and and operationalize the brand for scale but in in order to do that it is the overnight parts that the the non-overnight parts that have to happen first right right and it was an it was an awesome learning experience and then also what was really great is i got to call back on the House of Cards connections that I had actively mm. working on all the time. So, which again was a very suit heavy show. So it was kind of a nice little parlay into a, a suit company, you know, it, it definitely went hand in hand. And I had these incredible tailors and seamstresses that worked on the show that knew suiting more 
better than anyone that's ever lived. So we got to kind of be like, hey, so we think we're going to do custom and we have these two factories that are overseas and we can't go overseas, but I'm going to order some samples and let's uh, like take it all apart and dive in it together mm -hmm. and see how it's constructed and what it looks like. So we got to have like order these products and then just have people that know all of it, just like tear it apart and be like, here's how you make it better. So then we got to send it back and work with these factories mm -hmm. on a level that like no one else can have happen because right. nobody and had Along yeah. those lines, a huge educational day for me was uh, House of Cards, huge actor that everybody knew knows, uh, was working there, had an endorsement as far as a big suit house, big fashion house. Uh, we did a deconstruction of one of the suits versus one of ours, and that's where, like, I got, because I, I was like, okay, if it's coming from this huge label and it's $3,000, then it's way better mm. than your then you're seven hundred dollars. The power of the brand name, mm -hmm. exactly. my friend. Exactly. So yeah. right? I got to see the deconstruction yeah. one day, and like I was literally just, I was blown away. Blown away. If if we weren't a little bit better, it was definitely equal as mm -hmm. far as the quality of this huge, probably a six thousand dollars suit. Yeah, I it was that there, was. Yeah. Was it? What, were they quality? Was it at least the suit yeah. of quality? Okay, yes, that's good. So when you deconstructed it, okay, good. And that's we, good. We definitely didn't go into it being like, "Haha, you're going to be a bunch of crap." Right, like we kind of right. were like, "Okay, what else do we need to add to get ourselves to that to, level? To this level, you know, that's what good. what would our price point be?" And when you opened it up, and you were like, "Oh, it's all the same inside." Isn't that a life lesson for people though? Just look inside, and we're all we're all made the same way, right? Well, but <laughs> I, I actually like there's several things going on in there that I think are are really profound for anybody listening. Is one, you look at a, a standard in the market, a, a high quality standard in the market, and you said. I want to make sure that we're in alignment uh, with our materials and quality with what is known by um, in their world. So let us look at, quote unquote, one of the best mm -hmm. so we can make sure that, you know, we're operating at that level. Then two, finding out like, oh, wow, like since we were already coming from a place of like really wanting to be about quality and design, how grateful that we're actually already fairly close to that, if not already equal. So there's that lesson as well too, right. and then learning the third lesson, which is ah, uh, branding and marketing, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and legacy building over time, right? Of just rep building the reputation and and you know having fun with with marketing and branding, right? So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been such a cool ride for us, and you know the entrepreneurial ride is a total roller coaster. Oh god! So it's it's just <laughs> it's super rewarding to to be doing it with with my partner. You know, it's it's just awesome to. To have those highs together and then those lows and be like, no, we can get through it together, and it's it's. And awesome. obviously, we we meet so many couples and have read so many books about like, oh, there's no way you can work. I, there's no way I could work with my husband or whatever. Uh, Jess says it all the time. It's like our marriage has benefited so much mm -hmm. from actually working teamwork. together. Yeah, it's teamwork, yeah, partnership. I mean, yeah, that's the first bullet point, and then just I don't know. We've grown so much. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I. I actually, my theory, maybe it's because I, I came from an entrepreneurial family and I think we talked about this before. Mm -hmm. So my parents, my mom supported my dad's entrepreneurial endeavors. In fact, he couldn't do it without her. So they had this teamwork thing going on. Um, my theory is that more often than not, two entrepreneurial people working together, uh, spouses, um, is probably, uh, I don't want to say the word easier, but like it, more lasting than when you have one spouse as an entrepreneur and one spouse is just not, yeah. period. I don't yeah. care if they're a career or stay-at-home parent. I have seemed to notice there is a very widening gap between what the entrepreneur is going through Amen. and what the partner, 
that isn't doing those same things. It just, so it, they they can still obviously, and you see it all the time, make it work. It's just that, but they're different perspectives. Whereas you two are constantly seeing a roller coaster together, mm-hmm. you know, by working together. So I think more often than not, spouses that actually are you know working together on an entrepreneurial endeavor more often than not, I believe, are probably at an advantage because you're having to adapt accordingly and build on partnership and teamwork. Like if, you know, yeah. right? If Michael Jordan is going to pass the ball to Scottie Pippen or vice versa, you guys can do that knowing like, hey, I mean, yeah, you're not always going to make the basket, but you're going to like, I can trust you to take the shot. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I, so my theory is that it's not as the same with, you know, if you just have one spouse that's entrepreneurial and the other is not. But I mean, and I'm, I'm hopeful, I'm positive yeah. for people out there, but you know. Right. Yeah. So, so what have you two learned in your, in a partnership, um, both in marriage and in business that have really helped um, to, to, to adapt to all those changes? So you can help my theory um, further. Yeah. Well, no, I, th- I, <laughs> Selfishly. Totally, I totally agree with your theory, but I will say to, on the other side of it, I could see where certain people doing different jobs could be very beneficial like Absolutely. financially because Absolutely. you know when it's tough for us financially yes. we're both all in so like oh shit what how how do we figure That's that true. out just to save me so so, <laughs> so well so there's that but i mean it's yeah. it, but at the same time if one spouse is an entrepreneur and like uh oh the cash flow is really shitty right now and the other person is working nine to five and they're like how come we can't get your money on track and they can't see it there you go then I, th- I could see where that could be a problem yes, whereas like him and I together, like, yeah, when when the cash flow is great, sweet, our businesses are great. And then when it's not, you're like, okay, how are we going to figure this right. out? But, together. But we do it together. And so it's also not like money isn't the end-all be-all for us, that, mm. which is a an import, really Key. important lesson because I think mm. that, it, you know, more money, more problems. Like, seriously, though. But, um, yeah, I, you get what I was trying to say. Though. Absolutely. Like, like the, the ups and downs – you're writing it together is so so much easier. Absolutely. And you know, and that's just it too, is that you're solving it together versus finger pointing. Exactly. Um, because whether partners in business or not, um, or just friends or anything, finger pointing is just never going to work in any yeah. in any environment, anywhere, anytime. It's accountability, it's stepping up and saying, Okay, we see what happened. What are we gonna do? Let's make some moves. And That'll solve about 99% of most people's problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we can talk more about Fabric uh, later on because it'll reiterate what I'm going to say. But one thing that's been great about Fabric is we've got to see successful brands, but we've seen, you know, it's very easy to fail in any business, but mm-hmm. extremely easy to fail in the fashion side. Uh, we've gotten to see lots of people fail. Why? Why is it so easy to fail in the fashion side? I, I, I can understand, but I'm just curious. Um, I think there's... I think this... Well, and, and what I like to say, what we do is apparel apparel manufacturing mm. versus fashion. Because fashion is always as- associated with trend. And I don't believe we're trend-based. We're trend mm. But a, a, a lot of the, the, the brands that have failed, I've noticed that, like, if that person would have at least partnered with somebody with... with a different skill set. Mm. I God knows, probably eighty yeah. percent of them would have succeeded. Well, this and this is where I this is where I I see a lot of fashion brands failing in the on the incubator level like that is that uh, it's a, a lot of really creative people go into mm-hmm. fashion and so they have this very beautiful creative mind and I want to cre- have this emotion attached right. to this design 
and I want to make it and thousands of people are going to buy it and that's it. But you're like, okay, well, where's the zipper? How do you get in that shirt? And they're like, it doesn't, I, 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 over there, I don't know. So like, there's like the technical side of it. You really do have to be both brained. Like you have to be able to crunch numbers and yields and fabric yields and yardages and linings and zippers and trims and threads and are the thread colors matching? Like all of the really nitty gritty stuff, which are like the day to day BS, if you will call it, of like a business side. And then you have to have this creative, beautiful ability to make something that somebody does want to buy. But you have to be able to marry the two. And it's very hard in one person to do that, to have both skill sets. And very few do, but I mean, there are, there are obviously some that can do both, but how you partnering with the right people, like Jaya just said, yes, Amen. that can absolutely like, Hey, you've got those skills. Hey, I've got these skills. Let's build each other up in those moments. That's what, that's what's missing. And I think a lot of people go in being like, look at my beautiful picture that yes. I drew. Please make this. And you're like, no, no, no. Do you know how to make this and what goes into it and the stats and the numbers that you crunch and honestly, how much money it costs to make a sample and, oh, it's too long. Make another sample. That costs money. Oh, now it's this. Okay, make another sample before you even get somewhere. So I just think that people underestimate uh, all the skills that go yes. into some, oh, you're a fashion girl. Like, put you into quotes and put you in a box over there because right. you're dumb or you're whatever. That's not true at all. Like, the amount of knowledge that has to go into making a simple T-shirt is mind-boggling. I, I, I can tell. I've seen uh, from others and just being around it. And it, it, there's a lot that's going on there. And you bring up some really great points in that um, most people don't understand that um, if we don't manage our creativity – it will not survive or somebody else will take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. So you have, yeah. so we have a very big responsibility as a creative to manage the creative and run it as a business. Right. And that does require two sides of the brain. Whereas if some people are just strictly business and it's just only numbers and then maybe they're missing the creative aspect, which is unfortunate, but like they can, they can still function and thrive. Mm -hmm. But creatives have this beautiful power to like, basically create what everybody else in the world is consuming, as I've said before, um, everything from the Apple iPhone all the way to certain, you know, fashion clothes and all that stuff. So I think you're absolutely right. And, and, in, um, and especially in uh, the arts and in fashion and in music, you're relying on so many, and in TV and film, mm -hmm. so many different people to come together to make that happen and having the right partnerships. Uh, so thank God you guys got each other. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know. and, and the – the film and TV world, the costume design world for me is a is an incredible like learning experience mm. because yeah, I mean people are like, oh my gosh, you just get to go shopping and then you dress celebrities. Yeah, that's right. incredible. I'm like, uh, <laughs> no, no that's no part of what I mean. It's like it's like ten percent of my job. I have to deal with a dry cleaner and okay, we shoot we don't shoot an episode in order. You shoot it all over the place. So if that white shirt is being worn in that scene, but you don't shoot that scene. This week and that week and the next week, but well, where mm -hmm. is it in the dry cleaning schedule? Because the actor can't wear a dirty shirt. And what happens in it? Oh, and does he drink in that? Oh, better have a double. Oh, wait, somebody gets stabbed all of a sudden. Okay, now you need seven of them. I mean, it's like whatever, yeah. what does this story call for? So, yes, I can make this beautiful outfit for you, but like how to actually make it function in the business of a television show right. is a whole other world of like. And be honest too, the, the biggest part of the job is schlepping. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Schlepping just, your stuff yeah. from point A to point B. I can imagine. <laughs> it gets <laughs> really fast. And I think people, once people, they're like, oh, I want to do this. And then they get into it and they just realize that there's so much manual, menial labor to it. Yeah. With with you doing a lot of the costume design, like you were saying, when you were doing the 16-hour the uh, mm -hmm. time frame, and then you were running the business, has that stayed true even as 
um, time has shifted for you? And and then we'll get into Naked Rebellion here momentarily. But like, has like, and I guess the reason I ask it is sort of like, as the partnership on these two brands grow, do you did you innately see like, ah, this is the lane I seem to drive very very well. Ah, this is the lane you seem to drive very really well, and they are driving in parallel with each other. We'll just pass off the things as we need to to help each other's roles thrive is that like have you guys kept defining your roles along the way constantly yeah it's it's evolving it's always day. evolving yeah right? i mean i wish it was as beautiful as you could paint it like oh we're always just driving and it's easy to oh no to it's never back and forth. <laughs> because it's- honestly both of us are primarily creative brained yeah mm-hmm. um and we've had to kind of fail forward and yeah. i mean i i grew up in a my, my father owned a hardware business so i grew up in a small retail store right so i had that background and i knew about inventory and uh and uh cash flow and all the the basic things uh but yeah it's it's been a constant evolution yeah and adding well we also have a four-year-old and an 18 month old so like (laughs) our responsibilities for for family versus businesses is is always changing and evolving but i think that as our brands are growing also and then like what the social media climate looks like and right. how that demands more okay well now i have to spend more time here okay now you, that means you need to spend more time here you know as a so like we constantly are having to evolve and try to implement new systems to help the growth yeah. because smarter not harder i mean yes. we're just got to get some stuff in place to like let it be a little plug and play and learning what those are and yeah. You know, neither of us have like a graphic design background, but like, okay, so what apps can I use that make us look yep. like we pretend to have a graphic person on staff? And you know, we're you know, we're just trying to to grow all Absolutely. the time and consume knowledge and and yeah, yeah. I mean, you just it has to keep evolving. It it really is a multifaceted world we live in now, where and I think social media really added that dynamic because it's constant communicating with the general public. And the evolution of a brand publicly with content and, um, you know, connection Mm -hmm. uh, and relaying a vision to the world. And then it's functional and with systems and processes and, um, you know, uh, automation or, or, um, you know, anything that helps run our lives. Then it's details and mastery on the actual craftsmanship of what goes into our work. Yeah. (laughs) And in your guys' case, family. Right. Well, (laughs) and it, like, like, this is the true, like, for real mom struggle of every day that I have where it's like, okay, wake up, but you have to post on time and your, your customer is wanting it. Okay. But you have to also, you're a brand and your customer service, you haven't, you're not employed, I don't have any employees. So you're also customer service. Well, people are DMing you for customer service. So you must respond within a certain amount of time. Oh wait, but now you have children go make a lunch. Okay. Don't be on your phone in front of your kids. Cause that's a bad behavior for your kids to see. Oh, but now you're running a brand and you have to be on it and you got to be on top of your posts. I mean, literally it's like both sides of yeah. Oh, how do you be a mom? How do you be a business owner? Oh, your kids will love growing yeah. up, but you're a business owner. Oh, but you have to be there for your kids or you're going to screw them up. I mean, it's like, what avenue do you travel down? What's the right way to do it? So it's this like constant struggle of like, are we doing this right? Are we screwing up the kids? Are we screwing up the business? Is it going to be okay? You know, it's just, it's a very Lots of real, doubt. Yeah, it's yeah. a very real doubt filled but when when we, when we when we succeed at a project, then it makes it that much more gratifying and, absolutely and, and worth all the crap that you go through yeah you know and it, it was funny because exactly what you said was um, how I was feeling for a long time with the overwhelm um, you know obviously I don't have kids but like but that overwhelm and it was interesting as I started to solve that problem, I realized like just like you guys did I realized oh my god, there's a business here um, that overwhelm 
I've always been a consultant with, with businesses, but there's only, it was only so much, there was still hitting a ceiling. But then like, I started to realize like, oh, wow, I'm actually seeing a similar issue with, with businesses. What it is, is it's the overwhelm of so many different details all have to, have to happen at the same time because of life and business happening at the same time. That's what then led into like, oh, I get it. You know, how do we reduce that overwhelm and create a more systematic approach without losing the personalized part mm-hmm. and uh, realizing that was actually a very big problem and it's becoming an even Huge bigger problem with a lot of people. Yeah. But, you know, and then once I found a, a counterpart, my operations specialist, the person who handles all my stuff now, whatever, which is, I was, I'm sometimes just blown away. I'm like, is, where do these pie charts come in? I was like, is that me? <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm like, looking at me, I was like, is this what we're doing for everybody else? Like, perfect. You know, so it's it's interesting to, but I, I get what you're saying. And I, it, it is, it is an issue. Um, because that's part of our evolutionary process of how do we manage it all um, and how do we not guilt ourselves in the process and how do we not rush the process, but how do we figure out the process at the same time too? Because obviously there's only so long we can sustain a level of those activities in in chaos without making it flow, right? Well, and, and when we met you a few weeks ago, I, one thing you said that night really stuck with me that like part of being an entrepreneur is like, well, a huge part of it is the evolution of yourself, of yeah. learning about yourself. Yeah. Well, when you factor in two people learning about themselves and throwing wood at what wall and seeing if it sticks, it, it makes it that much harder. But what we have learned about ourselves and out about our partnership is has just been amazing. I, I once heard uh, at a wedding, maybe we talked about this, um, the person you marry um, – Take a long look at them. Uh, you're marrying five or six versions of them <laughs> that over over 100%. four, five, yeah. six decades, they're going to be going through phases. And they're doing the same with you um, because you're your evolutionary process. Have you guys realized where – like what are some of the things that in the areas of the business that you like to – that you've noticed that are your strengths that she loves that you take care of? And what are the strengths that you love that you take care of? Yeah, Whoever wants to go yeah, first. Yeah. I, I tend to be like the – the, the creative like in the in the sketching or the picking of a mm. fabric or matching a thread type of person but I also think that I'm pretty good at the micro side of the business where like the little the the minutia that has to get done every day or like ascending an invoice I can do that fine or or whatever uh I'm I am not so much big picture where Jay comes in really well with that. Like he'll do tons of research and figure out like on a big picture level, like six months from now, 12 months from now, what does that look like? And I'm kind of like, I'm focused on today and tomorrow. So that has actually been a really good um, place for us to put our focus in that like, yeah, I'm, I'm focused on today and getting today done and tomorrow, making sure tomorrow is going to happen. And Jay can really focus on, well, in six months, our growth should be here and we should be mm. doing this and this and this to be able to hit those goals and those numbers. And that's been I, and I love that I don't have to look at that because that is overwhelming for my brain. Yeah, I, I, I actually love doing that. I know what you mean. And yeah, like, and, yeah. And while I love the details, knowing that I now have somebody taking over the details – that I can trust to do over the details, by the way. Yeah. It's right. It's a liberating feeling. <laughs> oh, my God. Trust. Holy oh my moly. Gosh. Trust is this beautiful, magical thing, you know? <laughs> That's what I thank God for every day is this, I have this person that I trust. Right. You know? because, well, because then you – I don't believe in micromanagement. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I believe in collaboration. You just get really, really good people who, who love what they do and they drive their lane so hard that you're like – I'm here to compliment your lane and you're here to compliment my lane because I'm a missing piece to yours and you're a missing piece to mine. And that's how we're going to, 
you know, go and I can trust that you're going to just do what you do so well. You don't even have to worry about X, Y, and Z because that's my area. I'll, I'll take care of that all day long. Right. It's a beautiful place. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, as far as my, like, innate strengths, like, I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely a big picture guy. Uh, Which I is lo- needed. Yeah. Very much needed. It yeah. is needed. And oh, well, also, your background as a writer. So, like, our copy is awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, like, and our press releases, I'm like, please write that. Great. I love that I don't have to write don't that. Don't you so. love that? I'm a, I'm a copywriter. So, yeah. right. so, like, by trade. So, like, people are like, who did your marketing? I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, I, I, oh, I wrote me. that. You know, yeah. like, really? Like, I, I did that in five minutes. Yeah, yeah right. Isn't that great? <laughs> I'm 125 words a minute. Like, right. uh, somebody, uh, my, my sister the other day is like, hey, I need all the email sequences. Do you think you can take, like, a weekend together? And I was like, I'll just do it in 10 minutes. She's just like, who are you? And I'm like, well, right. that part all day long, buddy. <laughs> right, right. Not me. I was, no, thank you. It's yeah, and, and I mean, and, that's huge, by the yeah. way. And learning what departments we needed to focus on. Uh, to answer your questions, it's that's that's been kind of hard because, like I said, we're both creative brained in a way, and and I love uh, physical design, but uh, now with the new venture, Naked Rebellion. Um, I'm not going to design bras very, no. very well. <laughs> talk, let's let's talk about what Naked Rebellion does, by the way, for right. everybody listening, because right. I still say you're the revolutionary players. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to – we don't have to name other people out there doing it, but I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you – Or like, you can. Well, I'll give you the like the backstory of kind of where the ideas came from. So, uh, again, this this career I've had as a costume designer, uh, starting my way up and saying yes to all jobs, I got a call to work for a huge costume designer. We're talking 12, 13 years ago now. And I was like, oh, shit, I made it. Like, that's it. Mm. Like, the big guys are calling me now, you know, kind of. But, but good attitude for the day, right? Right. And I show up and uh, with a good attitude. And um, she is like, hey, will you go buy the nude bras for our fitting? And I was like, oh, it's kind of a shitty job. But sure, I'll go to the store and buy what they have. So I do. And I buy the right sizes. And I buy what's sold in a store. And I come back for our fitting. And this fitting is a dance troupe of girls that are gorgeous. And they're from all over Africa. And mm. this bra that I bought in a store is beige because that is that is what is marketed as a skin color nude. And I was horrified. And she looked at me and she was like, I can't use these. And I'm like, you can't use these. These aren't even – how is this nude? How Like I didn't, I didn't know this wasn't a thing. And they fired me. Mm. And I was like, wait, how can you fire somebody for something that the market doesn't make? And I was just like – I was like my jaw on the floor. And not so much that I was fired, more just like can you believe that we are in – I mean – whatever year it was, but like we're in the modern century and we are not marketing to all women. Like how does that even Mm -hmm. make any sense? Like how is this? It wasn't even, it's not my nude. It's beige. It makes no sense. So I, we had just started dating, I think right when that happened. So it was probably 11 years ago. And I told him what happened and he was like, holy shit, we got to change this. But again, paycheck to paycheck in LA. Like how does that, how does that figure it out? So we kind of like the, that was like where it was seated and then um, I started to work at, like I said before, at Dancing with the Stars, which is, again, the coolest job ever. But that is all shapes and sizes and bodies and ages and everything. And it's a live dance show, so you can't have a nip slip and you can't have a wardrobe malfunction. So what they do for all people is they take this fabric called Power Mesh, which is like found in a lot of like yoga clothes or whatever. And they custom dye it to everybody's skin tone. And that's the base of every dance costume so that there isn't a nip slip or a whatever. And when I saw that that could be done, I came home and was like, oh, shit, I know how to do it. I know how to I know exactly how to make the bras now. But how do we make them? Like, I know what to make them out of. No, yeah, you came next. home like screaming. Yeah. Like, I've got oh, my God, it. I've got it. Light bulb, <laughs> yeah. light bulb. I mean, it was it was very in a cinematic way for sure. 
And we kind of just like sat on it and we talked with our families about like, you know, like, hey, this is our idea. We got to figure it out. But it's again expensive and you got to have the right timing to figure it all out. And we just kind of like let it sit in, in the the memory bank for a while that was probably six. it marinated for a little yeah, while yeah we let it marinate figure bit. out what that is so that's like six years ago and then house of cards happens and we have both of our children in baltimore and like jay had said about his i don't really he didn't really love la i didn't really love la but we kind of were there for our careers and um, did not want to raise kids there. yeah we both agreed we didn't want mm-hmm. to do that so and i grew up in phoenix and my whole family is still here and he's like why don't we live close to your parents they're amazing why don't we just give Phoenix a, a go for a year? You're, we're having, we're just about to have our second child, and I was like, "Fine, I can do anything for a year. I'll give it a hundred percent effort and see if we like it and see if it pans out for us." Like, I'm laughing now, right? It's but we like, needed to live near LA because you yeah. were still right. Union, union right. benefits was our insurance. Yeah. yeah, we still had huge ties to Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, and it's a six hour, six and a half hour drive. I mean, that's nothing. That's right. what three three podcasts, right? You're in LA. Yep, sure. <laughs> so it's it was like a, okay, we can we can figure this out. And I would go and do a couple costume design jobs and keep our health insurance up and all that stuff. Um, and then randomly in our in my promise of 100 percent effort that I would give and try to make Phoenix work, doing some Google searches and I found uh, Fabric Tempe, which is a fashion incubator, happened to to go on a tour and it was like holy shit, how is this even number one a place on the planet and how is it six miles from our house? This makes mm. no sense. And there isn't a place like this on the planet. It's full-scale manufacturing, full fashion incubation, business courses. There's photo studios. There's podcast studios in the building. It's three stories. It's giant. It's incredible what these two women, Sherry and Angela, have been able to create out of this place. And I happened to get a tour by one of the co-owners, co-founders, Sherry, and she was like, oh, by the way, tomorrow ends our application for emerging brands for a scholarship. Um, if you have a brand, you can apply to win a scholarship for six months and we'll just help your, ba- your brand grow. And I was like, that's what we need for Haywood and Ringo. We just moved back across the country. Let's perfect it a little bit more. And so we applied as Haywood and Ringo and went through the application process and the interview process. And then we were luckily one of three brands to be accepted into this program. And uh we were thrilled and we're like, great, we get to grow the suit company, really not even talking about anything else. And day one, so this is February 2019 now, we get to sit with the co-founders and they're like, so what do you guys want to get out of this? Do you have any other ideas? And Jay looks at me and he's like, oh, Jessica's had an idea for about 11 years. Can we talk about it? <laughs> and I was awesome. like, how dare you tell our idea? Like, I was still like, this is our baby. Right. How dare you tell people, you know? Um, but thank God that that you did. And we kind of told her this whole story that we've just said. And she was like, well, shit, you know what you're doing for the next six months. And we were like, I think we just started another brand. Okay, here we go. Like, not what we had planned for us, but like, thank God at the same time. So. Well, too, and and and. We're talking about Sherry Berry, the, mm-hmm. the, the co-founder. She is, she's a straight, she's a brilliant businesswoman, uh, and and ran stores, I believe, for Broadway, off Broadway shoes, famous footwear, famous footwear, mm-hmm. famous footwear. Uh, so she's had huge corporate jobs, uh, but you can tell when you're talking to you, to her, you can tell how she feels about it by the look on her face, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's like, "What do, you, do y'all have any other ideas?" and you know, I think it's hard to make Sherry excited about things because she's seen seen everything and done everything. Uh, so, yeah, I said, Jess has this great idea, and we've always said, you know, if we did well in Hollywood, we'd bootstrap <laughs> it and make it happen. Yeah. She was like, what is it? And we told her, and she absolutely lit up. She was like, I mean, it was like, 
Yeah, it was like palpable. Yeah, she was like, I, "We, you got to do this. You have to." And we were like, "Okay, well, someone just gave us the green light." You know, sometimes in life, you only just need just that, the validation. Yeah, that one. Oh, person. Somebody else besides us and our parents. You know. <laughs> yeah, and so we got that green light, and we were like, oh, "Shit, okay, we got to do it." We had no name, we had no nothing, and part of the scholarship that we won was an office for six months for free, and we it was in the basement of Fabric, and we, we just barricaded ourselves. <laughs> we in locked that ourselves in and just like hashed everything out to get a business going and thank god we had our Haywood and Ringo you know time to, mm-hmm. to call back on and we were able to get straight through all the business stuff and do a full business plan a full pitch deck a full lean canvas business plan right. and go through find a branding company to work with and we just like sat there and driving there one day we kind of were like yep that's the name okay naked rebellion there we go and we you know after months of discussing it but this process we got to streamline building a brand with like super focus and mentorship. And the one thing I've, I've been craving my whole life essentially was females to be just genuine and on an an entrepreneur level, just be kind and like throwing of information and embracing of growth. And I never got that in the film industry was always very Mm. competitive. And honestly, you did not think you were going to get it here. No. And I, I mean, fashion is not known for, right. I mean, nice people either. A like, lot of industries. Right. I feel yeah. like they're all having to kind of go through this change because yeah. of, uh, you know, um, transparency. Yes. <laughs> in well, this day and age that we live in now. Thank God. I mean, it's, it's needed because I just, the the little bit of kindness that we were shown was gave us the ability to do this. Yeah. And like, the, there was no doubt cast on us. It was like, no, you can make it happen and we're here to help. And that, that was like, holy shit, that people exist like this? Right. People are here to help you? And you're like, and? You're like, and like, what nope, do you need from nothing it? Nothing else. Yeah. And then that, just yeah. want to see you succeed. Just it was, you it was, I was, I just kept pinching myself for yeah. six months. Like, because coming from Hollywood, you know, you have, it's, the, the business is kind of set up to kind of beat you down. Yeah. And there's way more people. It's so ultra competitive, uh, like a lot of businesses. Um, but, and I knew fashion is too, and can be just as brutal. But to have, you know, two people, like, validate your idea that knew what we were talking about was just like, oh, gosh. But then you feel this responsibility of, like, okay, now i got to make this happen. Yeah, we can't let them down. And, and I'd like to think that my hope is that industries over the next five to ten, out of both necessity and transparency, are going to go towards that way of being. Yeah. You know, all these industries. Because the beat-down mentality just ain't doing it for anybody anymore no and in this day and age of social media and making your own mark online that's that was the whole reason for making all my brands online is like no you will not tell me what i can i cannot do Mm -hmm. and you also tell me you cannot tell me what is and isn't possible right period end of story right we're done here thank you and more and more of those are popping up everywhere in every industry it's why the music industry has been shaken up it's why the fashion industry has been shaken up. Right. It's why media industry has been shaken up. Every health and wellness industry has been yeah. like, you can't hide stuff anymore. Like, no, those days are over. And I and it's still going to take some adjustments from the system, <laughs> if you will. <Yeah. laughs> but uh, I think it's an exciting time we're living in. Yeah. And what's happening with Naked Rebellion now? Well, we've, like you've just said, we've been able to build this brand and this platform of like full encouragement and inclusion. Mm. And I think because of such kindness and opportunity we were shown, we were able to just like let it be a clean slate and like fully just embrace all people. And that's, that's what awesome. we want to be. And uh, the the creating a Naked Rebellion had so many crazy challenges because 
the industry, like I said, you only only made beige bras. So mm-hmm. elastic only came in beige. It doesn't come in shades of nude. It doesn't come in any of that stuff. Like all the tools need to actually construct a bra don't come in the colors that we needed. So short of having a $300,000 investor influx of cash just to, to get nine shades of custom elastic made, we were like, okay, how do we think on our feet? How do we make this different? So we were able to create bras without hooks and eyes, without closures, fully like in an, in an exact bridge of like a sports bra and a bralette essentially is what it is. There's no wires. There's no elastic. There's nothing in it. It's all made from power mesh and nylon, essentially the same kind of fabric that yoga clothes and sports bras are made out of because the industry doesn't have any other tools for us to be able to make it. And so with our limited capital, we bootstrapped it. It's just us and and our parents, thank God for them. Um, for a little bit of cash that we've been able to have. And we've been able to launch this brand with three bra styles, three underwear styles, and nine shades of nude. Mm. And we were able to do all of it in six months, which is really crazy. Unheard of. Yeah. So the end of our scholarship, we launched with a fashion show, which is totally backwards because we had this fashion show. People were like, well, where do I buy your stuff? And we're like, no, no, no. Those are our samples. Like we, we just right. figured out what we're. There's a wait now. list. Yeah, that's and, what I. <laughs> yeah, so it was a. You're funny, in luck. It's VIP. Free <laughs> Basically, it was like, yep. oh yeah, we got to figure that out now. So then we had to go and find a factory that specialized in lingerie and figure out with them, you know, what do they need and what tweaks, and then our yields and our yardages, and then you send out. I mean, there's bias strips, and a different factory has to cut that. And like I was saying, all like the minutiae stuff of making this industry of this of the business, and. uh We've been very lucky to work with a great factory that's taken a little bit longer than we've liked, but yeah. you know we're there. And uh, very common in this business. Yeah, and yeah. so we've been able. All of our product is now being delivered, and we're shipping it out, and we're able to you can buy online on our site and through social media, and it's been incredible. That's right. I owe you a contact when we get off uh, okay. here. That'll take care of that. That's right. That just <laughs> reminded me out there. See how that works? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, perfect. No, I think it's incredible what you guys are doing. Um, what do you What do you have coming up next with it, or or at least the next phase or next stages of it this, in twenty twenty here now with with Naked Rebellion? Well, what like what we learned with Haywood and Ringo was to focus on our local market. So yes. we've loved Phoenix and everything that we've been able. We, this brand exists because it's a melting pot we here. were able to be here. And we were talked about the stats of the influx of people. It's like mm-hmm. 10,000 people a month are moving here. Yep. There's a lot of people here that yep. we can reach and speak with and learn from them as our customers. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've been wanting to do. So we have a whole bunch of markets. Um, I'm not sure when this podcast will come out, but in February, we have a market like literally every other day of February, mm-hmm. something happening um, where you can come in person and try them on and talk with us and that's talk cool. about the product. And you just want to reach our customers and see what people really want and kind of share with them the journey of why our product looks like this mm-hmm. on our first round because there's no other tools because the industry doesn't allow us to make mm-hmm. it any other way right now. So we've got a whole bunch of that happening. And yeah, it's it's been thrilling and we, we've been lucky because we've we've had some early interest from some larger like department store i'm entities. sure uh but you know that talk about an industry that is changing and is in total flux and businesses are dying mm-hmm. that have been around for a hundred years right uh but the fashion industry uh as far as vc people investors shareholders love for you to have some type of presence inside a for a line like we have, yeah, love for you to be in some type of department store. We're in both boutiques now locally, mm-hmm. uh, but 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 the next the next twelve months will be uh, rounding up uh, production orders big enough to get into those stores. One of my goals, which I haven't verbalized too much globally yet, but um, 
is that hope for that to change too is that where VCs are tied to the traditional routes of like what looks good. Mm-hmm. Right. I double down on um, marketing mastery. I mean, true marketing, as we talked about with like, systems and automation and um, creating your own um, financial recurring, right? Being an investor and the person who comes in and says, hey, and let's do your marketing side by side in non-traditional avenues in a new day and age that we live in. Because yeah, VC money, number one is money. Yeah. Uh, sometimes and then the traditional like oh when you're in these stores when you're in this overwhelm and but in a new world that we're living in with you know direct to consumer and online and digital marketing and all these other things so like i realized um part of maybe it's different i don't know maybe you felt ever felt like this in fashion team and film but getting the game i haven't sometimes been letting the game so i'm like mm-hmm. yeah. i'm gonna create my game mm-hmm. and right. then as i created and started building and money started coming in over here on the very thing that also gives me the mastery of here you get to change industries as well, like, and do things differently. And I, I just, so I think that it's cool that like, you're also from what you learned from your partnerships back in the day and learning what does and doesn't work. You're like, yeah. Hmm, like it's good to know. And it's good to feel wanted by big industry, but I want to have to assess some things a little bit along the way. Like right. how does the relationship, like, cause we're at the forefront of change already. So it's like, you guys get to kind of also create and life design it along the way of what really works well for you, even if it takes just a little bit longer to do right. the right thing, right? right? Yeah, and, 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 and this is more your world, but one, one world that we've really had to dive into is the VC world and right. the investment world. And, you know, VC is obsessed with, with tech, you know, obviously now because they can, tech can grow extremely fast, uh, which isn't always the best case for apparel and, and, and fashion because it's, it's a business that really does have to mature. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've had interest as far as the VC world. We've been able to kind of hold back and bootstrap mm-hmm. still. Uh, but we, we, we have good problems now. Now we, yes. we do need to say, okay, yeah, let's seriously consider these investors. Right. Um, and But you're right. It is finding investors that know what you do and have a skill set that can say, oh, that's the problem you're going through. This is how you get through it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I like to see that change where – because uh, um, ultimately I think – I, we were talking uh, you know, with one of the gentlemen who does stuff with Spiritual Gangster and he's one of the minority you know, owners and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And just that idea, we were all laughing, but we were saying how a board of directors, that they're all creatives who have successfully executed and managed their creativity like a business. Right. Those investors and as a board – that's lethal, like to have something lethal. like that created because now you're like, oh, no, no, I get it. You need this for the direct channel and omni-channel marketing. Oh, I get it. You need this for the uh, manufacturing and the materials and this and that because money is money. Money is just money. Like it's <laughs> right. like, okay, right. you throw money at the problem and like, where's my return? You're like, right. wait a minute. We're building a it's legacy. It's coming. Right. Yeah. But, and, when, and when you see some of these brands like a Louis Vuitton out there, I mean, these are two, 300-year-old brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just constantly finding their craftsmanship with their customer. Right. And then it's time, which I get it. We can accelerate time with the right money, but hopefully they bring the right um, Absolutely. skill right. sets, right? And one thing that's been super, super awesome for, for me personally for Naked Rebellion is – there, there's a climate right now for women out yes. in this world that is really exciting to be a part of, especially women entrepreneurs. And there's mm-hmm. groups Absolutely. popping up all over. And women are really going to bat for each other and just throwing down on this level that's like – I keep being like, pinch me. Like, is this too good to be true? Who's going to come back and be like, oh, I didn't mean it, you know? Right. But really, I think it's changed. And yeah. uh, we, I had someone – I've been – 
talking to as many people as I can, being like, hey, look at all of our stuff. I'd love any feedback that we can get. You know, we're growing. I want all the feedback. And I had someone say to me recently, uh, I mean, you go to your website and it looks like a movement, not so much like a place you can shop. And I was like, oh, thank you. Yes. Like, I w- People are sold stuff all day long. I don't want to push rebellion. something down their throat. Right. I want them to come into place and be like, oh, I feel seen. I can be a part of this right. community. And that is what, that's what we want to create in this like, no, we see every single woman as they are and exactly mm-hmm. as you are is perfect and good enough. I don't care what size you are, what color mm-hmm. you are, any of it. You're part of this group now. We see you. Come be, come play with us. And if you buy it, fine, whatever. But just know that there's a place for you to come that's safe and encouraging. And that is what we really want to be as a brand. The magical inflection point is um, community and movement meets, um, you know, ability to purchase. Right. And um, – but – that community movement is is an empowerment. It's brand loyalty. It's brand affinity. It's mm-hmm. brand. It's ambassadors. It's so many different things that exponentially grow the brand beyond what you could do as a solo act. So I think that's where everything is. And then being right there and being like, and as part of a brand and a community, or a community, here's where you can buy. Hopefully, yeah. and here's what we learned from you that you wanted. We'll get more right. as we get more feedback from you as a community of yeah. what we can do better for you to serve. Right. And you know? and that's – it's awesome. And our bras don't – they're not traditional. So right. some people are – are they're, you know, they're not not uh, quick to, to come on this train with us. And that's fine. But let us know. And let us know that like you, you do want this product though and you want it but you want it just like this. Please tell us because right. that's what we want to make next. Humility. And then we can go to money sources and say here's what exactly we will do with this Data. money because we have this person – telling us they want to buy it. So that, I mean, that's just what we want. We want this platform in this community and we are here to listen and to just grow and create these products that people really do want to be part of. What you just said is the essential success that most people don't realize is that's where it's found. Listening to the customer, no ego, no, you know, having humility, like what can I make better for you? Mm-hmm. And what's in my playground to be able to make that happen for you? And then taking that data and doing it well, that just grows a brand. So most people, when they're when they're worried about like, oh, I want to raise money, I'm like, do you have sales? They're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, just go get some sales. I'm like, yeah. how do I do that? I'm like, ask the customer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just ask the customer what they want. You know, ask and listen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then if anyone ever like comes to me and asks for advice and like how to how to grow or be in any right. of these fields that I've been in, then the only thing I say is just be a sponge. Just stop talking and just right. listen. Exactly. That's how you learn everything. Everything. And it's my husband's probably like, yeah, stop talking for a little bit, but <laughs> no, but really, but just no. being a sponge, you go into people that have been there before. They they know they've, they've even been there just one day longer than you. They know just a little bit more. Yes, just be a sponge and have a really good attitude. Amen. That's and it. no matter where you are in the process, yeah. Where can everybody find out about you guys online? So Haywood and Ringo, it's H E Y W O D and Ringo, Ringo with an R, <laughs> with an R, Jeez. and it's haywoodandringo.com. and then on social we're Haywood and Ringo, and then Naked Rebellion is nakedrebellion.com. and the social is naked dot rebellion. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. I follow both. Uh, if for anybody uh, interested, and I'm going to hopefully be going through the process here soon with Haywood and Ringo. Ringo. Gringo is dope. From a marketing standpoint, you could (laughs) really go to town. Right, right. Um, uh, But no, but uh, I, you know, you guys can really do some really cool things from a customs. Like I was telling, it's funny. I was, I was asking them about like, Hey, uh, I got this thing with my jacket and it's like all torn up on the inside. Like, what do you want to do? So, everybody that's whether you're in phoenix or not but if you're in phoenix obviously you gotta you gotta check these guys out 
be sure to do so. But I for sure like have a few, I'm like making a little list of projects and I'm like, well, here's some cool inner pattern that I would like to use for my jacket because yeah. <laughs> I love my favorite jacket. Yeah, right. it's you know what cool. I mean? We've been able so, to create like really personalized and custom stuff in right. the factory. It's a, it's a cool thing. Yeah. So I so I appreciate you guys. And and so um, on social media, guys, you can find naked.rebellion and then at Hayward and Ringo. Um, do you want to, is it the, it's and not ampersand, right? Correct. Right. On, on Instagram. Yep. And then, uh, Haywood and Ringo.com, nakedrebellion.com. Um, do you guys have any other handles? Anything you want to share? Yeah. I mean, my personal stuff, uh, my costume design stuff too, because I still do that yes. all the time. Uh, com is my costume design awesome. profile. And then, uh, my Instagram is Jess Wenger MCP. Awesome. I am a McFall. There you go. You are a McFall. That's right. Jay, any, any other uh, places people can find you? Mine's private. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Not a problem. I can understand right. that too. Yeah. Um, no. And uh, so thank you guys for being on. And by the way, you know, I would love for you to come back on like, you know, six months, three months, whatever, awesome. you know, to talk about any other number of fun things that are going on. It's also a very interesting time for you guys right now because of the trends moving towards what you created with Naked Rebellion. Um, and then, of course, the growth with Haywood and Ringo. <laughs> I just like like saying that like a million times now, but it's all good the show notes will have it right too so um, but no I, I appreciate both of you coming into the studio as well too thank you so much yeah, dude. It's, yeah. it's awesome it's thank awesome. you for and you know helping entrepreneurs on every stage of the journey it's a super cool thing to learn and and the beginning is so can be so lonely so right. it's awesome to be able to tune in and find people that are just like in the hustle you know? know I get it I get you we're yeah. all doing it together yeah. let's all cry together yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't challenge me <laughs> right so for everybody listening please 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 do not hesitate to reach out to Jay McFall Jessica Wenger McFall uh, but uh, both co-founders of Naked Rebellion Haywood and Ringo um, check them out online check them out on their websites you guys know what to do I always appreciate that you guys actually do reach out to all these people and they are here for you to connect with them that's the whole purpose of the podcast that's the whole purpose with social media that's the whole purpose in general with supporting everybody just go find them follow them reach out to them they're happy to talk to you about anything from fashion to partnership to entrepreneurship to anything and everything you know what what where to travel i don't know <laughs> whatever you want where just not to grab go drinks just grab, grab drinks yeah. if you're local yeah. you know so i really appreciate you both thank you and for everybody else listening thank you for all the continuous love and support and the ratings and the reviews you guys are awesome I appreciate every one of them. And uh, for my amazing guest, Jay McFall, Jessica Winger, Matt Goddess, and myself, and Hustle Sold Separately, we are out. Mm-hmm.